Hey, you hear that? That's what home field sounds like. It's how you know it's time to go for the win. Gambet DC is your home field advantage for sports betting. Bet from almost anywhere in DC with an easy to use app and convenient betting locations district wide. Online, in app, or in person. Get the home field advantage with Gambet DC. Must be 18 or older to bet. Please play responsibly. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the Leading Edge Cricket Podcast. Hey, Richless Rob is on the podcast today and we're going to be looking at a whole host of things. We're buying or selling, bowling speeds, KP and his latest rant on franchise cricket. The Red Bulls are soft this year and we're going in looking at all seven games reviewing round five of the County Championship Podcast. And luckily, I'm not flying solo. I'm joined by a podcaster, a radio host, a chairman, and a man who is rubbing shoulders with greatness at 98 not out, Darren Mutu. Thank you, Darren, for joining. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? We're great, mate. We're, we're great. You were just telling us before we came on, you've just enjoyed the just basking in the glory of an English summer at Essex watching Root versus Cook. That sounds like an idealistic kind of Sunday to me. Absolutely unbelievable day. Um, perfect weather. Not too hot, but uh, T-shirt weather. Uh, which was great. Um, and uh, yeah, great seats. Um, I had a can of soft drink, for the record, uh, <laughs> and the Rossi's ice cream. So uh, yeah, what more could you want? And uh, Alistair Cook uh, still showing everyone how it, how easy it is for him to score runs. The, the man's um the, the man's absolute class. So we're, we're going to get stuck into everything today. But before we do, Darren, you you run, produce, host ninety eight not out cricket podcast radio show. Tell us tell us about the podcast because some people might be here who haven't heard of your podcast and what can they expect if they go over and have a little listen. The podcast version of it it, it, it all stems from a radio show that I do on Phoenix FM. Uh, which is a local community station in the Essex area. Uh, and then we started pushing it across the internet. We started pushing it across YouTube. And then probably six months ago, we finally got our act together and established the podcast, uh, which is called 98 Out, And it's available on all your usual uh, podcast platforms. Uh, and what I've spent ages doing is just uploading all of the interviews that we have done over the three years since we got going. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of hard work, as you say, um, producing, presenting, mixing, uploading, yeah. all the rest of it. Um, but, uh, hopefully if, uh, your followers want something different to do, um, apart from obviously the leading edge, then have a look at 98 out and, uh, might recognize one or two of the names that we've uh, featured down the years. Yeah, definitely. There's some absolute classic names and I'll, I'll put a link down below of where you can find uh, Darren's Twitter as well as the website and all the different interviews with the likes of David Gower, Ian Bishop. There's a lot of cricket royalty going on on there. So please make sure you go over and have a listen. So first first segment for us today, we're, we're going buy or sell. And uh, everyone's favourite Peterson, Kevin, um, is, is on the warpath again. So he's come out and he's Ben Stokes has played this magnificent innings, which we'll go into more detail later on. And he's basically goes, we know the quality of Ben Stokes, but have a look at this bowling, e.g. the Worcestershire bowling attack, and please tell me that county cricket doesn't need franchising. 
He's just going straight in there. And then people who are pro-county cricket are throwing in there. And people who are franchise cricket are throwing in there. And it's just becoming a little bit difficult. So I was reading through the Grumblers newsletter and the PCA have come forward and said, hey, Red Bull reset, we want quality over quantity. Darren, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here. What is your take on franchise cricket as opposed to a different version of all 18 counties existing? Well, I'm assuming that when you're talking in those terms, you're talking about franchising Red Bull cricket. Red Bull cricket. Uh, personally, I think it's a complete non-starter. There's no need for it. There's a separate argument about reducing the number of counties. And I think it's fairly well known that the ECB are really mulling this one yeah. quite hard to just whittle it down to, I think, is it 12 counties that they would probably have on their wish list? I don't think there's any need for it in the, fan, in the franchise. Um, I think this tweet is typical Kevin Peterson just trying to stoke people up and um, grab the headlines a little bit. I mean, it's the stuff that Michael Vaughan used to do, but obviously after recent events, Vaughan has uh, kind of retreated into the long grass a little bit. Um, I mean, Peterson, I don't remember him hitting anyone for 34 off one over when he was batting, if, uh, if it was all so bad. Um, what I did like about this, though, was Stokes, after the uh, day's play, did actually send a message to the bowler. I yeah. don't know if you picked up on that. Um, and he said, um, can I play you every week? Oh, no, sorry. Uh, no. <laughs> sorry, sorry that's what Kevin Peterson would have said <laughs> no, Stokes, Stokes was very supportive and told him you know chin up keep going didn't he I'm being quite mischievous there on that one but no, uh, I, don't think it's, I, don't, I think the franchise is a complete non-start it won't happen but there is there is a different uh, conversation as I said on uh, reducing the, the counties but um you know what, just from looking at these first five rounds of the county championship, I don't think anyone's covering that, or certainly some of the perceived smaller counties are covering themselves in disgrace at all. Um, so I think that that will be a conversation that's going to take place over many, many moons, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I am selling franchise cricket. We did a video on the channel. Again, I'll leave the link somewhere to that. But we said, how do you fix English Red Bull cricket, leaving all 18 teams in place? And I think three divisions of six is probably a really reasonable way to go to try and create high quality cricket at the top. But it also does need some sort of monetization incentive for teams to play well, get promoted, um, invest in players, pay them well. Um, it's, it's a very, very tricky path you go down before you end up like rugby and a little bit skin or go down the football route and end up even more skin particularly when as you said you were at the cricket on Sunday Root versus Cook it's quite incredible you've got Simon Harmer international off spinner and um, you've got 300 people there that's not really going to pay the wages for many players so Next one I've got is bowling speed. So on, on the last podcast, we did the ECB are watching, the ECB are monitoring. They are putting uh, speed cameras. You know, they probably need to up, up, up the value, get some money through the doors, right? They're going too fast, mate. But they're trying to monitor what guys are doing, how fast a guy can bowl, can he sustain it throughout the day? Um, do Does his pace kind of peter off at certain points? And how do batsmen go against pace 80 mile an hour plus? And we've started to see a couple of games have speed speed speedometers on the YouTube streams. Nottinghamshire did it. And that was really interesting. Dane Patterson, who I thought was probably quite quick, was bowling 78 mile an hour. Luke Fletcher was bowling 73 mile an hour. 
And the Essex-Yorkshire game on the weekend had it on there. And Shane Snaty was bowling at 73. Little Chef was bowling at 76. And it kind of begs the question is why why is it taken so long to get this level of information on cricketers when you're trying to make a call on who's good enough to go up to the test level? Because the poll we ran on Twitter basically said 80 mile an hour is a minimum to go and play test cricket. It, it is interesting. And I think um, there's, there's a few things that I'd say about this. So um, cricket is a statistic-obsessed and driven sport. Uh, whatever, whether you're looking at um, bowling speeds, wickets, runs, catches, whatever, there's a whole armory of information. Yeah. Now, this is an easy way to get people into the game. Look at Formula One, right? I was watching the Miami Grand Prix last night. Now, I'm old enough to remember Murray Walker and James Hunt screaming and uh, whatever. Now, back then, you had hardly anything. In fact, the BBC coverage seemed to just struggle to just keep up with who was in first place and what they... The, you compare it to now and the amount of information that comes up on the screen when you're watching Formula 1, you can see what gear yeah. the driver is has selected. You can see speed. You can see the, the amount of braking that goes on. You can see... The, the, it, it, the screen is full of information, but actually that doesn't get in the way of you watching the race, but you just look yeah. in the various corners and there's loads going on. Cricket should be doing the same because whatever point you're watching a cricket, now you might say, how fast did that ball go? Um, uh, there are all kinds of statistical information that you could put up real time, which I think would engage the viewer a lot more and bring in people that are, uh, you know, you talk to anyone that's really into cricket and um, you'll start talking about statistics before you know it. Um, particularly at this time when we're all speculating on about who should play for England. The first thing yeah. you do is start reading off stats. So, yes, the more information, the better. I would also, though, qualify that by just being careful with how you're using that information. Um, and in terms of bowling speeds, are we being are we getting obsessed with just fast bowling? Are we still kind of in a, some kind of 80s hangover where, you know, the West Indian and the Australian bowlers of that time we're trying to see who could go as close to 100 miles an hour as possible. Yeah. Has the game moved on a little bit today? I mean, particularly in these conditions, we're not really... Are we more concerned with speed or are we more concerned with line and length accuracy? Jimmy Anderson is not the fastest bowler in the world, but he takes wicket after wicket after wicket. Um, and in terms of batting, you know, we're seeing this in the, in the white ball stuff. Is your new year still falling flat? Do you avoid stairs with multiple steps? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy or low E. But Planet Fitness has the cure. With clean, spacious clubs and tons of equipment, you can boost your energy after one workout. Leave low E behind and find your big fitness energy at Planet Fitness. Join in the free PF app for $1 down, $10 a month. Join the judgment-free zone today. Deal extended to Wednesday, April 12th. See Home Club for details. Um... If we're going to put information up, let's make it relevant. Yeah. Uh, and let's just not make it a complete carnival of that six went for 110 metres, that one went for whatever. Um, I don't mind that being in, in, in the white ball stuff because that's kind of what it's all about and that's what it's aiming at. But I think if we're talking about a red ball, um, let's make it a bit more focused and, and, and let's put as much focused info as we can out there. 
Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think the white ball stuff, the IPL has got better with the level of information it's providing. It starts breaking it down into this batsman is good against pace or this batsman scores well during these periods. The sort of things I would like to see that um, help the game is, hey, how does a, a batsman do against fast bowling from over the wicket, round the wicket. How's Alex Lees from right on round when Kamar Roach is bowling at him? How did he go at county championship cricket before he got, you know, against a real high quality bowler? How how are guys against 80 mile an hour? It's, um, there's yeah, you're right. There's relevant stuff without doing too much. I probably fall into the, I'd take as much as I can get. And I think that comes from a uh, huge baseball fan, love the StatCast era, uh, the StatCast era that we're in where, hey, Every single pitch that's given, you can see how much it's moved, what's going on. And I just feel like we should be able to know that, particularly about international cricket. We should be able to know how people do on certain types of pitches, who's swinging it this much, and have it readily available, not behind a paywall just for the media. Um, It would be good from an immersive aspect for a fan to be able to take that step. Um, Talking about balls, why we're on the subject, people are a little bit unhappy. And when I say people, it's bowlers and it's coaches. And they've come out this year and said, hey, look, there's a problem. 2022, batters are having a field day. Top six batters for the first time since 2006 are averaging more than 40. And it's up from 31 for top six batsmen last year. Now, (laughs) one theory going round about it from disgruntled bowlers is basically the balls that are being created. So the uh, the the juke balls that are being created, it's a different batch every year. This year, apparently, they're a little bit softer and the seams a, a little bit smaller, meaning during those middle overs of the game, it's completely falling apart and the ball's not moving around and they're just becoming fodder. Are you buying this, that the uplift in runs being scored in county championship cricket is due to a ball manufacturer? No, in a word. <laughs> It's all very reminiscent of when the pink ball came in. Um, was it three years ago? We had the, the first, uh, or four years ago, maybe, when we had uh, day-night games and the, and the pink ball came in. And there was all this talk about uh, the pink ball not swinging, the seam wearing down very, very quickly and uh, just not being fit for purpose. Uh, and, and, and what we're hearing now just seems to be a bit reminiscent of that, that there's kind of this resistance to change. Cricket is a very traditional game, Red Bull cricket especially so, and the people that follow it, by and large, tend to be, you know, any kind of change that comes in, whether it's putting names and numbers on the back of a white shirt, um, having a sponsor's logo across the front. I mean, these are very, very new um, yeah. innovations in the game, but every other sport have been doing this for, for God knows how long. Um, and I suppose with the ball being the kind of um, pretty much the centre of the game uh, in terms of involvement, uh, you've got to try uh, and look at new things. Now, uh, I'm not convinced that um, a, a new ball has has had such a huge impact, uh, particularly when there are so many other factors at play um, yeah. in, 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 in cricket, you know, whether it's conditions whether it's the skill of the art of the bowler the skill and the art of the batsman so um no i don't think uh, having a, a very very slightly different ball could uh, could be responsible for all of these criticisms 
Yeah, exactly. Especially when you get someone like Sean Dixon going and smashing 100 in very little time. Like that's not getting into the the, the crux of it where they're going. It's the middle overs that are the problem. I just think batsmen having a good time. And I think conditions are probably maybe a little different to what they've been in previous Aprils. It's a little hotter um, and there's some really good wickets that's that's being provided. And subsequently, we're very lucky that we're seeing some really, really talented batsmen play some really, really good innings. And it's it, they are talented players. We're talking about Shah Massoud, a Pakistan player. We're talking about Pajara, Indian test match player, of near on 100 test matches, and Ben Stokes, England captain. So the, the big names scoring big runs. Um, we'll, we'll kick into the county championship roundup. So we've got seven games to go through. We'll start at Division 1, and we'll start at Old Trafford with Lancashire versus Warwickshire. So... Lancashire-Warwickshire played out a draw at Old Trafford this week in a game that probably Warwickshire are going to come away the happier of the two. It's dropped England player Dominic Sibley with his updated 2022 technique, scored his first ton of the century. Steady innings, 142 from 320 balls. But what probably impressed the most was the, the confidence putting away the bad ball, and it was putting away the bad ball all the way around the wicket. 315 for Warwickshire in the first innings. Three Lancashire bowlers taking three wickets. Hassan Ali, who's impressed this year. Bailey and Balderson, who is chipping in with wickets and runs every single time he's playing. Another ex-England opener, Keaton Jennings, scored 110 on his first bat of the year. That's a way to go. Way to start 2020 strong. Luke Wells got, uh, scored 80 as they put on 166 for the first wicket. 361 in total with Nathan McAndrew, the imported Aussie, who we don't really know much about, taking four for 85, and Oliver Hannan-Dolby, the ever-impressive man, taking three for 33. And in a game that probably never really got going past the third innings, Warwickshire were 184 for six at the close after 80 overs on day four. Sibley, again, looked good for 41. England Lions player Rob Yates passed 50 for the first time this season from five matches. Much-needed runs for him and needed, you know, return to form after being on England Lions duty. And Matty Parkinson, three for 64. Warwickshire probably the happier of the two. What is your take on Dominic Sibley, who, you know, he chose not to go to Australia. He chose not to represent the Lions. He chose to go and work on his technique and become a better player. Score runs around the wicket. He started the season quiet. He got out in a, a just an array of measures, caught behind, caught slips, bold, LBW, and now has come good against a really good Lancashire attack. Uh, I think it shows commitment from his part to be, um, you know, he wants that England uh, gig. And mm. the fact that he's made such a commitment over the winter to try and prove himself uh, is good to see. And as always at this time of year, every year, particularly since the demise of the um, Cook-Strauss opening partnership for England. There's been so much emphasis put on um, uh, on county openers, and we've seen a succession of people, uh, Sibley just being one, but I'll chuck Zach Crawley, Rory Burns, etc., into this mix. But it's good to see um, someone showing a bit of hunger and, 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 and wanting it as much as Dom Sibley has done. Uh, and I think, you know, you, what more can he do... Uh, He's come back. He's hit the ground in the in the county championship. He's showing that uh, his his hard work over the winter has improved. His techniques better. He's scoring runs. I think the signs are good, and I think you're seeing that from the other names that I mentioned as well. There's a you know yeah. people getting runs. They hit. They're, they're they're trying to make a name for themselves. It still comes back to the same old question: 
Um, and I'm not going down the Peterson route, but we've seen time again in the past that people have got runs at county level, but found it hard to translate to test level. Yeah, I've got a slightly different theory about that, though, is that, and, and, and I will use, actually, I'll use Kevin Peterson as an example. So let's wind the clock back 18 years and uh, this skunk-haired <laughs> South African um, bursts onto the scene. And you might remember the flamingo shot, the helicopter mm. shot, the, the very strange stance, the sort of bouncing, crouching stance that Peterson had when he first came along. Stuff that we'd never seen before, and an attitude to batting, um, which was very much against the grain and would have had the blazers and ties at pavilions up and down the land, particularly at Northwest 8, you know, muttering and murmuring into their daily telegraphs. Um, what I have, the, the question that I've got, I don't blame the county system for these guys uh, not translating to test level. I, would have, I do have a big question about um coaching at england level yeah because i do feel and this has been going for a long time and it happened with kevin peterson so when he burst onto the scene there was all that style and panache that i mentioned and to me it appeared that that got coached out of him uh we might see this with rory burns in a sort of a slightly different way but individuality and flair i mean would would england have had someone like a chanderpaul <laughs> no, no, we wouldn't. That's right. And you look at Chandler and it's just wrong on every level. Yeah. But my word, did he make it work for himself? Yeah, he uh, did. And I, I, I think that there's a, there's a, there's an argument, or certainly my argument would be to kind of let these people play their natural games. Trying to, there's enough pressure from pulling on an England cap anyway, and even more pressure if you are opening the batting. But is your New Year still falling flat? Do you avoid stairs with multiple steps? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy or low E. But Planet Fitness has the cure. With clean, spacious clubs and tons of equipment, you can boost your energy after one workout. Leave low E behind and find your big fitness energy at Planet Fitness. Join in the free PF app for $1 down, $10 a month. Join the judgment-free zone today. Deal extended to Wednesday, April 12th. See Home Club for details. What are you saving up for? A vacation? A remodel? Or just because saving is a smart thing to do? A CD from Sandy Spring Bank gives you time to grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, you can earn interest at 4.25% annual percentage yield on a 14-month CD or 4.00% APY on a 35-month CD. Ready to grow your savings? Let's talk. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit is $2,500, member FDIC. I would encourage these guys that are doing it at county level to just relax and pretend they're playing for, um, you know, for Warwickshire or for Surrey or for Lancashire, whatever, Kent, um, because it does seem to be uh, kind of a, a coaching, you know, you get to England and then you're told, no, don't do that, do this. Yeah. And I think that's where the problem is. Yeah, that's a very valid argument. What got you to the show? Being yourself, playing this way. And sure, there'll be minor tweaks, but remember what they tried to do with Jimmy Anderson's bowling as well, when he was a young kid coming through. They tried yeah. to coach his action out of him. And he ended up with injuries and then went back to what worked. And 650 wickets later, it's gone all right, I suppose. So you, you make a really valid point. Um, what, what about Lancashire? Lancashire are a red-hot team, great form. 
generally winning games of cricket. Sure, they didn't win this, but um, <laughs> I think they could have played five days and no one would have won won this game. One two, lost two, may lose players to England in the future. But what what are those title ambitions looking like at Lancashire at the moment? Well, they may be saved by the fact that Cam's cricket stops for such a long time. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we will resume later on, uh, which is a huge shame. But uh, I think it's very difficult to try and find other ways around this, although I, I've got a theory on that as well. But let's just stick with Lancashire at the moment. Um, I think they're, they're, what they're doing at the moment is what they should be or they need to be doing is just winning games and turning in performances uh, and making people ask questions, not only of the team itself, but also of individuals that have got, um, you know, international ambitions. Um, and it's, you know, again, it's working. If they can go into the break um, well-placed, and I think they're sort of so far so good, uh, then maybe so. But um, I still think that it's a shame that we, we have this sort of gap. Uh, and I understand the whole need of, yeah. you know, white ball cricket and all the rest of it. Um, I think it would be more interesting if, it was a, if, the, if the county championship was, sort of, you know, in a fantasy world, just continued straight through the season um, and was kind of like, the dominant factor and all the other stuff was kind of kicked to the sidelines. If there was a reversal of roles, I know it's never going to happen, but um, it would be more interesting if it was continual and then people were drifting off to test duty, how that would be filled. But um, you see there, you could sort of look at the football model and think, well, you'd, you'd, you'd need to have a great big squad to accommodate all this, this kind of stuff. But yeah, in this day and age, having a big squad means big wage bills and, uh, as you were saying, people turning up to county grounds and not buying beer or not buying food um, is is not helping the the coppers uh, tick along. Yeah, it's it's really interesting one, isn't it? Because the the main broadcast deal that English cricket gets is through its Red Bull, but it's almost got a non-existent club level, county level equating to like a football system. It just doesn't really matter that much to, to most people, unfortunately. Most people have followed the national team. And probably that's a little bit similar to how rugby was for a, for a long time. But the emergence of the Premier League, they're now getting decent crowds as well. Um, yeah, really, uh, really interesting times. We'll, we'll flick across to Hampshire, who are a very, very good Hampshire team as well. They went up against Gloucestershire this week. Gloucestershire... Uh, not the best start of the season, finding themselves third from bottom, maybe in relegation candidates uh, come the end of the season. 342 first innings for Hampshire, thanks to one of the, the, the better names in English cricket, Felix Organ. He scored his second first-class century, 107 off 234 balls. Nick Gubbins, who scored twin centuries last week, he got dismissed for 30. And we saw James Vince come in, look beautiful, and uh, get out LBW to Mohamed Amir. It's absolutely fine. I don't expect anything more from James Vince. He's a great-looking player, but his he's 30 to 70 range feels very reasonable. Gloucestershire have a bat. They get rolled out for 179, and all of a sudden it's, oh, yeah, this is pretty much game on. Six wickets for Mohamed Abbas, who was quietly under the radar, gone about doing his business, taking two or three wickets at a time. This is the first time where he's really kind of owned the show a little bit more with a six-fer and uh, taking control. And then the game was kind of thrown into disarray. 
drama happened on day two. Hampshire were reduced to 28 for four in the second innings. Ryan Higgins and Mohamed Amir blown away the top order. Day three saw them reduced to 76 for eight. But um, there might be a butchering of a name here, but Anarin Donald playing his first game since 2019, Welshman. ACL tear in 2019. He's had further reconstructive surgery. Hit a brutal 89 off 97 balls, while James Fuller batting at 11 scored 32 not out. Took them up to a 204, which instead of being a 230 lead, stretched out to 368. And Gloucestershire got blown away on day four. 280 all out off 114 overs. Mohamed Abbas, three wickets. Um, a few things to touch on here. But the feel-good story of Anna and Donald, I don't know if you've followed what's been going on there, but a very, very talented player. He's got a first-class double century, only 25 years old, first game back for two years, on which probably going back to the 1980s was a career-ending injury, and he's managed to come back, play first-class cricket, play county championship cricket, and go and make an impact first game back. It's quite a story, isn't it? Um... But also, you know, again, it just proves that, uh, you know, if you've got the hunger and desire, you can you can do it. Um, I think you got his name right. Anoirin, it's after Anoirin Bevan, wasn't it? The Welsh uh, Welsh politician from uh, a few years ago. <laughs> but uh, I'm just looking that, down at that Hampshire side. I mean, there's some quality players and uh, good teams, some some top names in there. I mean, obviously, Mohamed Abbas, when, when, when they signed him, um, you know, I did read the headline, Abbas, here we go again. <laughs> Channeling a very poor Abba pun. But, I mean, yeah, Felix Organ, Nick Gummins, James Vince, Liam Dawson, um, yeah. someone who's been around for a while now, Keith Barker, uh, Kyle Abbott, Abbas, as I've said. It's a side that really should be, um, you know, you'd be expecting to, to perform and do well. But then, as you say, with someone like Donald, if he's surrounded by that quality, it's kind of you know, it's sink or swim time, isn't it? But I think uh, you know he's uh, he, he's responding well from it. Yeah, he, he definitely has. There are there are a really solid team, and there are a team potentially like unlike some other teams that might not be hit too hard with the international bug when the New Zealand series comes around and they can yeah, stick together. Is. You throw into that, you've got Ben Brown, most county championship runs over the last four years. They have got an exceptional team. Um, the games they've won, they've won two games by an innings now. Uh, they drew, drew with Lancashire. They are 100% one of the strong contenders for this title. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, drawing with Lancashire, I mean, uh, that, that tells its own story, doesn't it? So, um, uh, yeah, I would happily see them in the mix uh, come the end of the season. I know people have their own favourites and... Uh, Lots of shoe-ins, but um, I think it's going to be interesting this year. I don't think it's necessarily going to be... Well, Essex seems to be off the pace at the moment. They're not quite... They're, when you talked about sort of uh, collapses there in this game, um, Essex has been doing the same. They've been, it's been going on elsewhere. There seems to be a theme of the season so far. Yeah. Uh, and it seems to determine whether you draw a game or lose a game, or in this case, pull um, an unlikely victory out of uh, out of nowhere. So I think as the season progresses, I think you will see teams like Hampshire um, that would have not been discussed in earlier dispatches about title contenders. I think they'd be right in there. And I think you make the good point that their squad's not going to be too hampered by um, international absenteeism. 
Yeah, unless you get a, a James Vince call-up or podcast favourite Keith Barker gets an absolute random call-up, but exceptional county championship player and played for my football club, Rochdale, in the UK. Um, <laughs> Gloucestershire, the, the question mark I've got here is, are they relegation candidates? When we When we did the preview podcast, we said, look, they're going to be struggling. But they've had a really difficult run of games because not all games are even. They've lost to Yorkshire, Lancashire, Hampshire, three of the the big cheeses of the division. You've got Surrey thrown into there uh, as a fixture to come up. So I, I guess playing against those teams, you've worked out they're not a top tier team, but are they the worst team? No, they're not. Um, I mean, you look down the bottom of that table, it's fairly tight. I mean, OK, they've played the game more than Somerset and Kent. But, um, I mean, Somerset are, are kind of yeah. real Jekyll and Hyde at the moment, aren't they? And you, you sort of look at them and worry. Kent, uh, with the 106-year-old Darren Stevens still performing. But uh, I would say that Gloucestershire, on current form, and as the table suggests, are better than those two at least. Uh, and I think North Hands, just above them, are kind of flattering a little bit as well. So mm. um, if I was a Gloucestershire fan, I, I wouldn't be um, kind of hanging my head... Uh, in desperation, just yeah, I think uh, I think it's, there's no need to. Um, you know. No, it's a good good segue mentioning North Ants. We'll go to the Kier Oval, where you know, good old Surrey took a day off. They dispatched of North Ants in three days. Rory t- Rory Burns returned to his run scoring ways. He's been a, a machine in county championship cricket. Forced his way into the English team through sheer weight of runs. He scored his first century of the season, 107 off 259 balls. Um, first time he's passed 50 all year in the five matches. And a, like you've mentioned before, it's a timely reminder with the likes of Zach Crawley not doing very well so far. Sam Curran, fresh off injury turn over the last few weeks, continued his great form batting at six with a fluent 73. And 24-year-old bowler Gus Atkinson had a day. He scored his maiden first-class 50, 66 not out. Sorry, made 401. The ever-consistent Ben Sanderson with 370, uh, three for 72. Northamps, well, possibly let themselves down here, but against a really good bowling attack. 194 and 202 all out over the course of day three and four. Luke Proctor capping a fine game with 83 not out to go to his three wickets in the first innings. And Emilio Gay passed 50 in the second innings. It's just a, a disappointing game. But at the start of the season, everyone said Hampshire and Surrey are probably the two strongest teams go around. Surrey, when they've got all England stars available are exceptionally strong and find themselves top of the table. Yeah, there's something in the South London water, isn't there, about uh, a friend of mine loves to... He doesn't call them sorry, he calls them Chelsea. (laughs) 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 Although these days, I'm not sure that's quite the same thing. But yeah, I mean, you're right. Surrey, uh, on paper, is uh, is an incredible side and and, and, and a whole host of options. Um, Interestingly... Reese Topley, who is uh, on this huge comeback trail, um, who was it three years ago was had basically given up on the game. He walked away from everything and uh, yeah. went on a bit of a world tour and uh, went off and was, was doing a degree in economics or something like that. He'd, he'd totally given up and was fed up of all the injuries and everything. And then rolled the dice and had this huge operation on his back, which seems to have... Um, kind of turned it all around and, and here he is you know from someone that at that point was just sort of a white ball specialist is uh is on the way back now he was he was carrying the drinks yesterday uh but i'm 
I think that's more to do with his re- rehabilitation. But yeah, but he has been bowling in, in in red ball cricket. He's been bowling really nicely. Uh, and I think you look at um, you know Surrey Surrey's bowling attack, potential bowling attack, and Surrey's you know potential batting. I mean, you just look at that. That top order there, you know, Rory Burns, uh, Patel, Amler, Jax, even Folks. Yeah. Uh, Folks has been great this good. year. Yeah, yeah. And then um, you throw the the mullet in there, Colin de Grandhomme as well, who he scored oh, a yeah, massive yeah. 180 odd last year. And yeah, he, he got, you know, people are batting well. He gets caught on the boundary trying to hit it out of the ground for 11. You, know? <laughs> you don't need to do that at the Oval. You can just bat time and you'll get a big score, mate. <laughs> <laughs> There is the there is the criticism though, um, partly, well, that Surrey batsmen do well at the oval, yeah, uh, and because of the oval track and dimensions and whatever else, it's it, it favours um, the Surrey batsmen, and that's why they don't go on at top level or international level because unless they're playing at the oval, they don't score. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. How true that is. I mean, it, it, you can produce statistics to kind of back that up, but um, uh, you might also say that the, the Oval is probably one of the better pitches in the whole country. And, and- oh, it is. It is. We did some analysis on uh, something called ground park factors, which basically takes a three-year rolling average of home and away teams playing at the venues. And the Oval was the best place to bat in the country for home and away teams. And it was, say, 100 is county championship average, where top six batters will average about 32, 33. Uh, at the Oval, the average 41. So the, you know, 25% better or whatever it is, uh, Carol Vorderman and Mass going on there um, than it is anywhere else. And that's fine. But at the same time, to win the county championship and win games at home is still incredibly difficult because you've got to bowl on the same wickets that are fairly easy to bat on as well. And they have got a really talented bowling attack. Uh, Dan Worrell coming in as a overseas, I think, is a is a great shout as well. And they've just got a conveyor belt, haven't they? Every year there's a new young lad in this bowling attack that you look at and you go, oh, he's pretty good. Oh, he's pretty good. And Gus Atkinson's taken a step up, scored some runs and took three for it in the second inning. So, uh, yeah, more, more go on, sorry. Um, North Ants... Problematic. They are going to be finding themselves down the bottom end of the table. They're currently ranked 16th in the country for batting average. The the question is, can they turn that around? Because they do have some good players. Rob Keogh is a very fine player. Ricardo Vasconcelos, one of the finest names in county championship cricket, is having a really poor season after a few good years. And Will Young is now the Black Caps opener and generally has been a pretty reliable source of runs, but he got two single-figure scores here. So uh, I guess the question is, are they as bad as what this scorecard is telling us, or do they have enough runs to be able to turn it around? Because they do have one or two bowlers, in particular Simon Kerrigan, Ben Sanderson, that could win them some games of cricket. Well, I think anyone that's playing at this level um, is a good player. You don't get to play yeah. first-class county cricket without showing some kind of ability. So... They're all good players. It comes down to form and, you know, the opposition. Uh, Simon Kerrigan's a good example of uh, someone that's been sort of up there for for a while now, but, um, you know, it's just not cutting it. And you just wonder, looking around, I mean, you take, in in Northampton, you take Proctor's contribution out uh, and it starts to look very average. Or if you just sort of take 50 off his score, uh, which would have still made him a top scorer, 
Um, you know, it's not it's not a, a fantastic looking innings, which is why that I said when we talk about Gloucestershire that they should be looking at North Hans and you know the fact that things aren't clicking there despite the makeup of that team and some talented individuals that uh, yeah. you know it's not working. Um, Rory Burns done enough. He's had a quiet start to the year, but with Zach Crawley failing a hundred, you know, a month before the start of the New Zealand campaign, pretty good timely reminder. If he can bag a few more, does he does he work his way in from another dropped session and he's back on the recall again? I think so. I mean, you know, look at the bigger picture with Rory Burns. I mean, he's been getting runs at Surrey for quite a long time now. And I think yeah. I even read one or two um, left-field suggestions about him being given the England captaincy when the debate yes. was raging. Um, not really. I, 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 I don't have a particularly strong view either way on that. But um, let's just talk about his his, his chances of, of returning to the fold. I think yes. And I think, uh, you know, if he continues to get runs for Surrey, that maybe he should do. Uh, I'd tell the coaches, the England coaches, leave him alone. Let him do whatever he wants in terms of, you know, stance or whatever else, because it does. You know, he's proven that it does work. Yeah. Um, and just to try and get him to relax, I, I would imagine. Uh, you know, people talk about the the dismissal in the Ashes, the first ball of the Ashes in the winter, but people like you and I can only guess at what it must be like to stroll out top of the order, day one, session yeah. one, ball one, um, ninety mile an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't see it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and I really think, you know, I mentioned this earlier, I I really think that um, something needs to be done with the England batters to just get them to relax, to somehow try and get them back into their comfort zone that they they find so easily at county level. But somehow the pressure, the stress, and I I would put money on the fact that the coaching is not, appropriate they're trying to make them do things that they're not comfortable doing you can't get um you know runs for surrey in burns's case and if even if we assume he's going to consistently do it to get a call up just let him get on with it let him do whatever his his training routine is his pre-match rituals his whatever uh so that he almost feels like he's playing for surrey and yeah you know don't let the the three lions just weigh on his mind um, yeah. and destroy it. It's interesting. Eh? It does feel like we're obviously not there, but whenever you speak to the pros, it's it's mindset and confidence in your own ability to go out and play your own game um, is one of the things that probably sets a lot of people apart who are probably similar on some sort of talent level uh, and, and field. It's, it's very interesting. We've chatted with Daniel Bell Drummond and a guy called Francois Leclerc, a former South African under-19 captain, one of the best players I've ever seen, never made it franchise cricket South Africa because just lost confidence in himself and he couldn't get it back. Um, very, very interesting. But good luck to Rory Burns, and hopefully we see a few more runs coming up. Uh, the, the game that you spent some time at, uh, <laughs> quite incredible one, where yet another century in each innings for a player in the county championship cricket. This is the fifth time, it was actually the second one this week, but the fifth time a player has scored a century in each innings um, of, of a game this year. Alistair Cook, 107 and 102 not out. And Essex, pretty good. 403 off 156 overs. That is a very good stint in the field. Paul Walter scoring his maiden first-class century with 141 after coming so close, scoring 93 the previous week. 
Uh, Jordan Thompson, probably pick of the bowlers, picking up three. And England hopeful Don Bess, remember he was playing for England a year ago, picking up three wickets as well. Talk about Yorkshire. Well, you've got to talk about Harry Brook. 123 of 152 balls, three centuries, three fifties from six innings this year. Absolutely outstanding. Swept the second ball from Simon Harmer to sit for six. And he was just like, right, that's disdain. I'm in. I'm good. Um, and it's another sneaky under-the-radar performance from David Milan, who scored 80-odd and then got out on, I think it was early on day four. A result was never really in question, but some interesting bowling uh, kindly offered Sir Alistair Cook 102 from 183 balls. And Nick Brown finally getting a return to form after the, I think he got century week one, 50 off 178 balls. Match drawn, a lot of batting, a lot of runs. Um, I'm going to start with Alistair Cook for you, being an Essex guy. A couple of things. One, do you pinch yourself that you've got, you know, England's greatest opener of all the time playing for you regularly in first-class cricket? And two, is there a world? Is there a world where Alistair Cook turns around and goes, I've still got it. I've still got it. I can still play. I can still go. I I can go and open for England again. Um, I don't think we'll see him in an England shirt again. In fact, I'd, I'd, I'd say he won't. He won't do it again. Yeah, I think, and I've said this for quite a long time. When uh, even when he was captain of England and doing all the rest of it, um, occasionally he'd come back to Essex and play the the odd game and naturally score runs. And his demeanour. And I, I made a point of this on, on, on our show. His demeanour when he's at Essex was completely different to when he was England captain. And particularly when you think back to 2014, yeah. his Annus Horribilis with the whole Kevin Peterson thing that was going on at the time. Uh, and Cook to have the whole world on his shoulders um, when playing for England. But when he comes back to Essex, he's with his mates. He's with yeah. people he's grown up with um, that he's very, very close to personally. And if you look at any of the pictures of him playing for Essex, more often than not, he's smiling and joking around. He's relaxed, um, and you just watch him. You know, I was, I was, you know, I've seen him up close many times. But you know, yesterday I was there. It's just absolute pure class. You know, the time he has with his shots, the placing, the the, the shot selection, j- just incredible. Um, the worry at Essex, and particularly over this close season, was the fact that is he going to have, you know, how many more is he going to go for? Um, I think he's thirty-seven now, or thirty-six. Yep. Let's be kind and say thirty-six. I, I'd I put mean, him in the thirty-seven category. I think. I think he's the same age. Yeah, as me. that's right. I'm just trying to think. Um, but um, you know, top order batsmen have got the ability to go on. Graham Gooch, his big mentor, yep. went on to forty-one, I believe. Um, now, would I see Cookie going on that far? No. Uh, I would imagine that after this year, there's probably another one, maybe two years before he, you know, I think when the big four O starts looming, then he then he may do because, you know, he's got a, he's got a life away from all of this. You know, he's got he's got a big farm that he runs, and um, yeah, I've I've been down there and spent time with him there. And when you watch him doing that, you wouldn't have thought he was anything other than a farmer. He's uh, he's a complete <laughs> national pro at it. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, it's fantastic and uh, it's great to see Nick Brown who was never, ever mentioned in England circles, but I always mm. sort of did wonder whether that would have been a left-field choice. Maybe that, that ship's sailed now, but I did think, you know, sort of two or three years ago, 
uh, or certainly when Cookie was playing, maybe in his last years, have those two opening just because of the relationship they've got. Um, and Brown's, you know, okay, he got a duck in the first innings, but he's still got that very solid, uh, you know, sort of temperament and everything else. Yeah. I do want to make special special mention to um, Paul Walter, who you mentioned there, getting his maiden first class century and a, and a good one as well, 141, and also having gone so close in the last game, getting 93. Um, he is uh, his club is Billericay Cricket Club. Where I'm oh, no yeah, your club. Yeah, for 15 years, I've seen him come through the Colts. I've seen him come through. Um, he still does play the, the the occasional game for us. Yeah, uh, when Essex permit. The last time he played for Billericay, he scored 161 uh, and uh, smashed four roof tiles in the process <laughs> on the pavilion. <laughs> but we're also pleased to, to see him get that finally get there. We've all always known he's had it in him. Yeah, um, and he's a giant of a man as well. I don't know if you've ever seen him. He's he says six foot seven, but the last time I saw him, I'm sure he's gone again. He's he's, he's absolutely tall, Paul, as we call yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. They were saying uh, on comms they thought he was six foot eight. I was yeah, like, wow. Like, the the only guy I can remember playing county championship cricket that had that height, and I think he was a he might have been an Essex lad, but he played for Essex. It was Will Jefferson, who oh, yeah. went from Essex to Notts, and I think first year he played county championship cricket, he scored a bag load of runs. And then just kind of petered out over the years and never quite got back to the same level. But yeah, I think he was six foot ten. Yeah, yeah, um, quite incredible. What, what's your thoughts on Harry Brook? Because is it getting to the point where he's scoring that many runs you can't ignore him? Absolutely right. Yeah, he needs he needs to be given a chance. I think that Yorkshire side, um, him and, and Dover Milan as well. Um, but yeah. Brooke is 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 delivering the goods, uh, and I would just just chuck him in there um, before he gets too ground down, or before he has a dip in form. You know, just yeah. there's so much England cricket this summer. You, you know, you look at the calendar; it, it's it's punishing. So you know, let's just spread the wings a little bit, um, and and Harry Brooke will be someone that I would definitely definitely throw in there. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. You you've got to, especially if Root's going to go at four. Stokes is at six, and then it becomes a question of Bearstow or Folks' keeper. Um, and depending on what happens with that, if you've got Bearstow at seven... Do you think that's a discussion? Oh, I, I think it is, because I think it's the... I'd love to just give Folks the gloves and say, you're the best keeper and your batting's good enough. But I think England's hole, they've got a three-hole and a five-hole that needs filling. Dan Lawrence is injured, so I think you need to find someone to bat at five unless Bairstow bats at five. And if Bairstow bats at five and folks at seven, the only hole you've got is three, and I wouldn't put Harry Brook at three. So then I wouldn't call him up. Then I'll go for your Josh Bohannon or maybe go back to a David Milan or James Bracey, something along those lines. But if I was going to bring Brook in, I would bring him in at five. Yeah. And that's that's how you'd blood someone. You wouldn't you wouldn't throw them right into the heart of the furnace as well, would you? Although if England keep thirty for three as has been standard this last eighteen months, then he probably would be right in there. <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting. It can be the making of players like a Jonathan Trot thrown in into a, an Ashes Test match, scores a hundred, great career goes on from it. Harry Brook looks like a middle order batsman to me, not a number three. Um, technically, I look at his technique, his temperament, how he scores his runs, and I'm like, you know what? If you played at three, you could average forty, great. But I think you're going to be a better player for England at number five. 
given our recent history with being two down for 10 inside the first 10 overs, I think you'll do better outside of it. I haven't dug into his stats, seeing how he bats in the first 20 overs of county championship cricket. That might give some indication of whether he could move up to three, but um, yeah, it's, it's exciting times for England. It's, I, I always find it exciting when we're getting good young players coming through and opportunity is going to be there and you're looking forward to going and watching them bat and seeing whether they can make the step up. Yeah, and I think this is a lesson that England's got to learn from uh, from other nations of not being afraid to give youth a chance because when you're young, you don't have that fear. I mean, you look around club cricket um, and, yeah. and you know, county to, a, to another extent. Uh, when you're at that age of, sort of 17, 18, 19, you, you know, you, you're developing that technique, but you're not burdened by fear. You just go there and, and enjoy yourself. And I mean, look at Sachin Zendulkar, 17 when... Yeah. He was. Uh, I know that's a an extreme example, but uh, you know, subcontinental test sides aren't afraid of blooding youngsters or giving them a chance. Um, even in the West Indies, they, you know, they've had uh, youngsters go in there. I don't think we do enough of that in England. So I, I'd definitely mm. be, uh, you know, I definitely advocate a, a change of mind on that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, so league table, sorry, find themselves top of the table, 89 points. Hampshire in second, 81. Lancashire in third, only playing four games. The others playing five in 72 points. Yorkshire, 64. Essex, 54. Warwickshire, 50, making up the top six. You could probably look forward to the end of the season and find something that might look quite similar. Bottom four teams, which is really where you get into the relegation candidates. Northants on 40. Gloucester on 34. Somerset on 33. Kent on 30. Three games in Division 2 to go through, and we're going to start at Worcestershire versus Durham. New Road. New Road's one of the best batting tracks in the country, and it's a place where records were broken. Ben Stokes playing his first first-class game since being announced as England's skipper and declining an IPL appearance this year, which is worth noting, scored 161 from 88 balls, including a record-setting county championship, 17 sixes, 8 fours, 83% of his runs came in boundaries, which is absolutely brutal. In fact, there's only been one innings of someone scoring 100 and scoring more percentage of runs in boundaries, and that was Essex legend Mark Pettini um, when he was hitting <laughs> England wicketkeeper Paul Nixon all around <laughs> on a drawn game. Um, very much R18 stuff. England Watch was in full watch as South African passport holder, but potential future England player David Beddingham scored another impressive county championship 100, 135, looked fluent and quality all around the wicket. And new county championship leading run scorer, South African Sean Dixon, scored 100 in both innings, became the fourth player to score 100 in both innings this year, as he just goes from good to great, scoring 100 and smashing 104 in the second innings. Worcestershire, 309 all out, where the top order faltered and found themselves at 6 for 62, a pattern that we've been talking about. Only Ed Barnard and bowler Joe Leach, 62, gave them a respectable score. Um, Durham trying to force the follow-on, scored 170 for one off 21.3 overs, a 7.9 run rate. Alex Lees managed to get 60 not out, going over a runner ball to go with Dixon's tongue and set 442 to win. Worcestershire batted 100 overs, 262 for three. Young Jack Haynes, have a day, son. 120 not out. First first-class century for him against a bowling attack of Maddie Potts, Chris Rushworth, and Ben Stokes. Um, I think there's only one place to, to start here, Darren, and that is Ben Stokes. Yeah. Well, the, 
the, the thing with him is, um, and I guess that's why um, he was put in as uh, as England captain. Um, I know you've done a podcast on that separately, and, and we won't debate that one. But he is just, you know, the he's the typical, the atypical English sports star mm. um, of the Gaza mould, of the yes. um, kind of, you know, the, the, the heart on the sleeve player uh, and respond you know he just responds to situations respond every single time where something's needed he is the man whether it's bat or bowl or ball um steps up now he's made england captain there's a few raised eyebrows around the country about you know is this too much um you know he responds in the only way that he knows and just goes out there and just produces a, another unbelievable performance uh, and um, you know what can you say about the man? He's uh, he's almost like a freak of nature, really. Um, particularly with the bat. I mean, I think when you think of Ben Stokes, uh, I know I know he can produce miracles with the ball, but certainly with the bat, um, you know, he's there. Uh, knows how to read a situation. Everyone talks about that game, the Test match back in in 2019, um, where he, yep. he uh, you know the, the miracle of uh, of um, of, of Headingley, uh, but people forget that the day before that, on the Saturday night, on the Saturday of that Test match, he batted pretty much all day um, for just something like thirty runs or something. He, he, yeah. he dug in, and it was only on the Sunday when um, things were looking precarious and wickets were falling at the other end that he sort of then set fire to the fireworks, and, and and that was it. And I think you know that's what he's done here again, and he's just sent a message out. You know, he responds to he responds positively to pressure. He responds positively, yeah. and I think he channels his energies and his emotions in in that way. So it's, it's absolutely fantastic to see. Yeah, it just it, it was out. It was fascinating viewing because he had twenty off about forty balls, and you know I was I was there watching it, and then he just started launching the balls, and they weren't small sixes. It's a relatively small ground, but they weren't small sixes. They were they were going yard, and it was so impressive to watch. And it, the games actually start at ten pm down here in New Zealand, so it got to about half eleven, and I dropped off to sleep. And I, I switch on my laptop in the morning, have a flick through the scores, and work out what I'm going to watch the next day on catch up. And I saw he got 161. I was like, right, going to watch that ball for ball. And um, as you mentioned earlier, class act. You know, he texts the bowler. He got 34 off and over. He, he missed his six sixes in and over by. 10 yards or, or something along those lines, texts the young lad bowler and say, hey, mate, happens to us all, chin up, there'll be another opportunity. And Stokes, after what happened with him against the West Indies, Carlos Brathwaite, remember the name? Um, quite quite an in- incredible story. Durham, incredibly, for this performance and the runs they've got out of Alex Lees and the runs they've got out of Sean Dixon find themselves winless from five games. Four draws thrown into the mixer. They are scoring runs really well, but their bowling is letting themselves down. They've got the 15th best bowling attack in the country, or you look at it fourth worst, whichever way you're looking at it. Chris Rushworth have had an incredibly poor start to the season by his insanely high standards. Matty Potts has been superb, and they haven't really had a lot of anything else. So start of the season... Durham's one of those teams you're looking at going, oh, they're going to be in conversations to be going up. They're going to be in conversations. You're not going to be in many conversations if you don't take 20 wickets, are you, Darren? <laughs> no, 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 exactly. Um, 
Yeah, I, it's kind of ever since they got punished by the ECB, um, and when you look at current goings ons with, with other counties, you just think, why did Durham cop such a brutal punishment for? Yeah, you know, you, you compare it to what they are supposed to have done or allegedly did uh, compared to other stuff going on more recently. Uh, and it just seems to have knocked the sail, the wind out of their sails since then. Um, and maybe Ben Stokes is the man not only to revive national fortunes, but to, to kind of revive Durham's fortunes. Um, as you say, winless after five games, it does, it does, it does raise question marks. You would have thought they would be one of those that would be at the at the, at the, at the front of the queue for for, for, for going up, but um, it, it's still not right. I just feel that um, the ECB in not only punishing them in terms of financial and and you know deducting points, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that there's just they've just put they've extinguished the fire in the belly of Durham. But um, yeah, let's hope that it can be reignited. But you know, they, they just look to be treading water at the moment. I can't see them uh, making a big push for promotion. No, it's it's such a shame. When you've got Lee's Dixon scoring runs, Keegan Peterson's a fantastic player who's probably going to be red hot over the next month. Uh, Beddingham, absolutely exceptional. Topped the runs in the franchise series in South Africa over the winter after scoring a 1,000 runs last year in the first-class system. They score 580. They declare twice. It sounds like England this. They score all these runs in the West Indies and they still can't win the game, even though they've declared twice. Durham are doing the same thing. England took a, a poor ball in attack and Durham's got a poor ball in attack as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's um, hope that they can they can turn it around. Yeah, I, I, I believe they can. Um, next one, Sussex versus Middlesex. And, you know, I've put this as an absolute barnstorming finish. And what's actually given us a classic encounter at Hove. Sussex Baddy first got 392. Shine Shah Afridi with 3 for 97. Martin Anderson 3 for 88. Afridi got the prize wicket at the top of the order of Tom Haynes. Scored a double century early on in the season. He's gone a little bit quiet since then. Since he's made his way up to number 5 on our English batting depth chart. Um, one thing Afridi's not done. He's not got a bag load of wickets. But he's got important wickets throughout. He's got Labuschagne out. He's got Colin Ackerman out. Now he's got Haynes out. Tom Allsop went and scored his fifth first-class century, scoring a fluent 179. Middlesex um, fell short of the 392, unfortunately. 358 from 102 overs. A returning England bowler when fit, Ollie Robinson, picked up five wickets, five for 66, continuing his fine first-class form of the last few seasons. Middlesex middle order... They gave them a reasonable score. Max Holden with 58. John Simpson, England one-day international player, don't forget that, 71. Luke Holman, 82. And Martin Anderson, good all-round game with 55. Pretty decent effort, um, especially considering they were four for 45 after 16 overs. Those middle overs, again, batsmen doing really, really well for themselves. Then this is where the game gets really interesting. They wanted to force a result, so... Sussex going back and score 335 for four, declared off 68 overs, a run rate of 4.29, showing Shah Afridi one for 43 in an absolute Goliath contest. Uh, Afridi bowling to a in-form Checheswar Pajara, who smashed 170 from 197 balls. Delightful um, scoring 100, scored 100 in all four first-class games or can championship games that he's played this this uh, season. Also, Olsop, 66 and Tom Clark, who got a century early in the season, 77. So he set up an incredible contest. 
Middlesex had the rest of the day to bat and they didn't quite need it. They scored an incredible eighth highest ever in county championship for first class cricket run chase ever ever produced. 370 for three off 73.5 overs, scoring at five and over. They were one for one after two overs when Mark Stoneman got LBW to on loan Aaron Beard. Then they start to go big. Peter Hanscom scores scum runs. He goes at 210 for two after 50 overs. Sam Robson scores 159 after 181 balls, 16 fours and one six for a player that we rank the 10th best English eligible opener in some runs. And then young Max Holden, 80 not out. Martin Anderson, 44 not out. Take them home. Take them to 23 points knocking off 370. I can't recall seeing many contests like this, Darren, in county championship cricket, especially it doesn't happen in test match cricket, but scoring at five and over to knock off 370. That's insane. Yeah, it is. Um, firstly, isn't it just wonderful to see players like Afridi and Pajara playing so good. county cricket? It really, to me, just sort of harks back to the... The, the, the glory days of the 80s when every county was peppered with top-class international players. Um, and, yeah, what a mouth-watering, as you said, um, a freely bowling to, to Pajara. Just yeah. incredible. I've seen lots of angry Sussex fans on social media calling for the heads of Tom Haynes and Rob Andrew and anyone else. Um, I think that's a bit harsh. Um, I think Sussex have done some interesting work over the winter. Uh, of getting people in, getting Pajara to join was was just an absolute masterstroke. Um, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but as you say, the, the the story of this match is Middlesex's second innings. I mean, just incredible, three hundred seventy for three. Yeah, um, yeah, that just doesn't happen. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I mean, if you were a betting man at that declaration, you would have just said, "Yeah, okay, fine, that that's enough," uh, and and let's do it. Um, but. Uh, you can only put this down to a, a, a freak of nature result because, you know, it just those things don't happen. Uh, what yeah. about Aaron Beard, who's at, at Sussex, um, on loan from Essex? This is interesting, this one. Um, been knocking at the door for Essex. He was one of Essex's most promising academy players uh, coming through. Um, but for whatever reason, never really seemed to be um, kind of in favour if that's not yeah. too strong a word to put on it. Um, doing everything asked of him, um, you know, taking wickets for the seconds, turning up at every single club function, you know, where bigger names in the side couldn't be bothered. Yeah. Uh, doing everything asked of him, and then gets loaned out. There are some strange comings and goings at Essex, which is for another conversation. But Beard going to Sussex was something that no one saw coming. But look what happens. He turns up, three wickets in his first game. He's taking wickets again here. Um if I were he, uh, I mean, the story that's coming out of Essex is the fact that they're getting a match practice for the, for the, the, the they're looking at him for the T20 blast. Yeah. Um, but if Sussex were to say to him, listen, you seem happy here, you take a week, it's, here's a contract. Uh, if I were in his shoes, I'd snap their hand off. Yeah. Stability. If, if you've got someone that rates you, and believes in you, that's going to work wonders for your game. And he's obviously got a lot of talent. 53 first-class wickets, an average of 32. Three, four-wicket hauls thrown into that. Um, 10 T20 games, 10 wickets, 
an average of 28. Economy rate's high, 10.66, but he's a young lad learning his craft. You can you can forgive that. So I I think it's one of the best things that happens in first class cricket these days is the loan system for young lads when you know you they need you need games and there might be a period of time where there isn't a space in the team. It could be for a multitude of reasons. It could be injury rehab, or it could be that you've got international stars available for you and you're not going to get a look in. Um, so good on him. And hopefully he can get a few more wickets and just start to, you know, real knock on the door, either at Essex or for a, for a move away. Um, where, where do we go with this? So I've, I've been high on Middlesex for, I think since week one, maybe preseason, not so much, but I've seen a lot of their live streams and I am so impressed with what they're doing. I think their bowling attack is absolutely brilliant. Shane Chorafridi, Ethan Bamba, uh, Tom Helm has taken a shed load of wickets for not many. So when he's fit and playing, they're three exceptional seamers that you've got going on. I've touched on Afridi being able to get out the big guy in the, in the lineup and the batting lineup is performing as well. Sam Robson's got 100, Mark Stoneman's got 100, uh, Robbie White come back, Peter Hanscom's finally scored some runs. Feels like forever since he scored a run. He hardly scored a run that year. Max Holden scoring runs, John Simpson scoring runs. This is a legitimate team. When at the start of the season, it was probably, oh, it's going to be not so Durham. It's going to be not so Durham. Middlesex are probably making a call for being the best team in Division 2. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, and they would be my early shout to go up. Uh, and, and, and win the league. I think the balance in that side is fantastic. Um, it's not only in terms of batting and bowling, but just in experience and, you know, sort of youngsters. There's, but, you, you know, you just look down that card, as you said, you know, Sam Robson, Mark Stoneman, Peter Hanscom, uh, John Simpson, you know, and then you get onto the Shine of Reedies and the rest of this world. It's a, it's, a, it's a really good story, particularly, again, another county that went through a lot of upheaval. Mm. Um with uh, the revolving doors going there with coaches and uh, and various people up the Middlesex hierarchy, the party, uh, it seems to have been it seems to have panned out for the good, uh, and and I think they're playing some fantastic cricket, uh, and yeah, I would I would definitely say that they're the ones for me that are going up. Yeah, definitely look the best. And you've got Steve um, Eskenazi to come back into that uh, side at some point as well. So we'll we'll finish off and we're going, going to Cardiff, never a place I generally like to finish off, but we're going to do it. Um, Glamorgan picking up second season of the win and catapulted themselves into the second promotion slot after a six-wicket victory over struggling Leicestershire. There's a theme that goes on most seasons. Leicestershire are only averaging 24 with the bat this year. That is the second worst in county championship cricket, just ahead of Somerset. But they would have been pretty happy with this. They scored 320 runs in the first innings. The ever-consistent Hassan Azad scoring 64. Rishi Patel, a good-looking 82. But they shot themselves in the foot, and they could have scored more. Two big runouts. Lewis Kimber got himself run out, um, as well as Callum Parkinson towards the end, who can score runs in order already scored 27 at that time. So a little bit disappointed. Marnus Labashain picking up three for 65. Not sure if he's bowling spin or seam in this occasion, but he's uh, he just loves playing speed. cricket, that lad. Um, Glamorgan took advantage, replied 437. Runs spread around, really. Sam Northeast, 84. Kieran Carlson scored 100 in each innings back in 2020, I think it was, or 2019. He scored 91. Chris Cook with 52. Just a really good team performance. Um, found themselves three for 63, managed to to build up. But then we get to the point where the rubber hits the road and it's not good enough for Leicestershire one more time. 
266 all out. Ben Mike, recalled to the team last week, scored a 50 last week, goes and scores 64, batting at eight for them here. Hassan Azad with another 58 at the top of the order. But it was the Aussie duo Hogan and Nessa, three wickets apiece that really set the tone. And then it was very simple. It was only 150 runs to win, and they managed to do it in 40 overs. Sam Northeast finishing 40 not out. Callum Parkinson picking up three wickets. Leicestershire find themselves bottom. Um, I'll pull out the exact stats and put them on screen when I do the edit. But essentially, they're in the bottom two for batting, the bottom two for bowling, and they are bottom wooden spoon in county championship cricket. I looked at this team at the start of the year, and I think I did last year as well, and I said, oh, they're a better team than that. They're a better team than that. They've got some players, but it's it's not quite working out. Is this all we're going to see from Leicestershire this year, Darren, where we're disappointed but accepting that this is the sort of team they have been for four or five years and it's not changed? Yeah, I mean, this. both of these are kind of two of the more unfashionable county sides, aren't they? When we yeah. talked uh, at the top of the show about um, the, the the thought process of the ECB maybe reducing the counties from 18 down to 12, I think these two would be firmly in the crosshairs of that conversation. Um, Callum Parkinson, um, twin brother of, uh, of, of Matt, um, quite interesting. We had him on our, on our podcast um, ah. a while back. Uh, and he was he was very interesting, um, and um, you know, like most twins, those two are very much joined at the hip. And um, at the time, Callum was telling us about uh, Matt's travails when he was on the um, tour of Sri Lanka and India last year, carrying the drinks basically. The yeah. effect that was having on him. Um, another interesting name on that Leicestershire scorecard is um, Rishi Patel. Now, there's someone else that came through the Essex ranks. Uh, highly rated, um, seemed to hit a wall of frustration and then went over to Leicestershire. So 82 there, I mean, he, he failed in the second innings. But I just, looking overall at that side, I just can't see where the revival is coming from. There doesn't seem to me amongst that lot. I mean, all great players, don't get me wrong, solid, you know, performers. Where is the where is the spark coming from? Who is going to basically wake them up and uh, and get them performing? Yeah. They've been carried by Hassan Azad for two years, three years, probably four years with the bat. He averages, in fact, his batting average is just dipped below forty for the first time in four years. It's down to thirty nine point seven nine seven centuries to his name. He was someone played cricket at Lincolnshire, played not second team cricket. Um, didn't quite work out, went to Leicestershire, and, and it did. He played Pakistan under-15 cricket with Babur Azam, under Babur Azam as well. So really interesting journey, but they've got holes. They've got real holes, and they've got holes with the bowling, unfortunately, as well. Chris Wright's a, a very, very good bowler. Swings it miles as well. But when he doesn't get wickets, um, they can be found a little bit wanting. Glamorgan up into second. That's a, that's a discussion point because they're quite sneaky good. Like the, David Lloyd's a decent player. Minus Labuschagne is an exceptional player. And they've just got these guys down the order who are quality county cricketers. And they've actually put together quite a nice team. Well, that's the difference. I mean, it's, it, it's good to compare these two at this stage because, as you say, you look at that Glamorgan lineup, you've got Lloyd, you've got Labuschagne, Sam Northeast as well, Michael Nason. There are people in there that have got star quality. And that, that to me, you know, gives you the ability, particularly in Div 2, 
um, uh, of what makes the difference. That's so to me. That's no real surprise. Glamorgan are where they are because they have got people in there that uh, that can make the difference. Love a shame. I mean, incredible. Yeah, yeah. That's that's such a signing. That is such a signing <laughs> to have someone like him coming and playing. It's it's like the equivalent of getting a uh, peak Steve Smith coming and playing for you in Division Two of the County <laughs> Championship. It's um, it's. It, yeah, it's, it's absolutely brilliant for them. So, table at the moment, Middlesex find themselves top on 82 points, Glamorgan 74 points, Nottinghamshire with the game in hand on Glamorgan on 73 points, are in fine form, Derbyshire, the uh, the dark horses of the campaign have been brilliant with the bats, 65 points, find themselves in fourth, Durham on 58 points, are still without a win in fifth, Worcestershire 52 points in sixth, Sussex 38 points in seventh, still winless, Need to pick up some wickets and Leicestershire just, um, just picking up the bottom. I think one thing to look forward to next week, there's a bit of a blockbuster, a, a Division 2 blockbuster, particularly if you're from Nottingham like I am. Nottinghamshire versus Middlesex, first versus third. The the two teams I see as the best two teams in the division at the moment. I know it's early. I know there's a whole bunch of cricket to play, but it's almost like a championship-defining game, isn't it, when you get these big meaty contests? That's right. Is, is Stuart Broad going to play in that game? I can't see why he wouldn't. He, he played the last one and he's just had a week off, so I'm sure his rest and rotation allows him. <laughs> yeah, that could be, uh, you know, particularly... I mean, it's, yeah, you're right. It's a mouth-watering clash in any circumstance, but I think you chuck uh, Stuart Broad into the mix and uh, it could be really, really good. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, as you say, even though we're only sort of round five, round six... Um, that could be something that uh, that uh, tips the balance in favour one or the other. Yeah, it could. It's, that'll be a good contest. Hasiba Me, Ben Duckett, Joe Clark against Afridi, Tom Helm. Toby Rowland-Jones has been in inspired form, missed this game, but he'll be back. Um, Ethan Bamber thrown into the mixer as well. So, Darren, to finish off with, we'll, we'll touch on batters and we'll touch on bowlers. Starting with the batsmen. Who, who's the star performer for you? So on on screen for those listening on the podcast, we've got the top twenty run scorers in the country. Uh, Sean Dixon leading the way with seven hundred and twenty nine runs. Who, who is it for you that's really kind of going? You know what? I'm elite. This is this is peak me. This is awesome. Harry Brook. Yeah. Question for me, Harry Brook. Just in terms of impact, consistency, uh, and and the style in which he's scoring. Um, He's rightfully grabbing the headlines and he's rightfully being talked about in England circles. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you. It is, it's, it's amazing to watch, actually. Um, it feels like we're seeing the rise of a star at the moment. I, I think the one that I'm going to uh, doth my cap to, he didn't play this week, but Sean Massoud has been exceptional at Derbyshire. Two double centuries to his name. 713 runs, an average of 118. Um, and carrying what was you know, a pretty... Not highly rated team going into the start of the season, and he's uh, exceeding all expectations at that club as well. Um, same question with the ball: Who's really taking your eye this season? Well, that's that's a much more open debate. Um, but uh, Keith Barker, Keith, people keep mentioning Keith Barker to me. Um, I mean, he's only down there at number five, but um, just if you sort of listen to you know who people are talking about. Um, you know that may be someone that um, we should be sort of paying attention to. 
Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, Hassan Ali, you know, look at the top, rightly, uh, you know, Mohammed Abbas. It's amazing the impact that these um, Pakistan players have had uh, on the English season this year. I think it's great that so many have come over. And even then, you know, with, with the Pajara from India, um, I, I'm just enjoying having these top, these top quality internationals uh, playing county cricket. Yeah. It, it it is it is amazing. I think the the one guy that stood out for me with the ball, I'll, I'll give you two. Sorry, one spinner Liam Patson White has been incredible at Nottinghamshire. Not just saying it because he's at Nottinghamshire, but taking five wickets a couple of times this season, and he's doing it. Um, he's doing it as not necessarily like a real warranted frontline spinner. He's really stepping up and he's getting big wickets and he's making he's making runs. He's doing it all. And the other one's Oliver Hannon Dolby, who's carrying. The Warwickshire attack. The Warwickshire attack hasn't been great this year. He's averaging 3.6 wickets per innings, which is absolutely incredible consistency from the games that he's played. 18 wickets in average of 16. Um, if they were without him, they would find themselves in a whole world of hurt. Um, also, Craig Overton, he had a day, 12, 14 wickets the other day. So, um, fair play to him. That is the podcast in one hour and 18 minutes. That is the, the fifth round of the county championship action done. Buy or sell done. We've talked balls. We've talked franchise cricket. We've talked seams and everything in between. Um, if you are still with us and we've mentioned at the start, please go check out phoenixfm.com. You can find all the details there for the 98 Not Out podcast. All the links to that will be below, as well as Darren's Twitter and anything else he would like to be in there. Darren, anything you would like to cover off? I'm going to just end with an observation and maybe a topic for a future podcast. Yesterday, beautiful sunny day, weekend, Sunday, no one's working. Um, I understand some people go to church and that kind of thing, but um, beautiful sunny day. Over at Chelmsford, the likes of Alistair Cook, Adam Lyth, Joe Root, David Milan, Harry Brook, Simon Harmer, all on show, Don Bess. Why were only 250, maybe 300 people at Chelmsford watching wow. this? So all the noise that's made on social media in defence of county cricket, what more do you want? Why are people still not turning up? Uh, it's not a week. I understand you know weekday stuff, but on a on a weekend with fair, very very fair weather, top names on show, Alistair Cook batting all day. What do you need? What what does the game need to make people turn up? Yeah, you're seeing you're seeing the English goat in action, and uh, and you never know when it's going to be the last time that you'll get the chance to do it. Um, it's in, incredibly sad actually that it, it is like that. It does kind of fall onto the oh, it's only one man and his dog that goes. And I'm sure not every county is in the same position. Some counties may have more, some counties may have less. But um, it, it is sad. And I, you know, I don't know where the problem lies exactly. I know my frustrations generally fall with the ECB. And you know, I sent tweets out about this. I was like, you just imagine the English Premier League not promoting the fact that the English Premier League is taking place. Manchester United versus Man City. You know, Man U, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City, whatever it might be. But they've not tweeted about it. They've not Facebooked or Instagrammed about it. And they've put no adverts about that, the fact it's going on. And it's free to air on YouTube. I find it absolutely preposterous that they can do that to the game. And they're the the owners um, and people in charge of it in the, in the UK. That's incredibly sad and neglectful. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things. I mean, you're right. 
this is the day and age of social media. It's an easy thing. And I'm sure they employ loads of people to do their social media. Yeah. But they're too busy tweeting nonsense. Do that. And and you know what? And I've been saying this for a while. Counties under 16s get in for free. Yeah. Got it. Lead. Yeah. Got it. Is it a good day out for the dad and the kids or the mum and the kids or whoever it might be going? Well, I've always said, you take a load of kids, you take a couple of kids or whatever down to cricket, you know, Dad's going to come, maybe mum's going to come, granddad and whatever might come. Now, while the kids are sat there um, with the ice creams they've been bought from, you know, the, 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 the concessionaire, dad and granddad might have a pint. They might go and get a sandwich. They might go and yeah. get a, it, it's, it's income for these, you know, apart from just having bums on seats watching the cricket, it's income for the counties. You know, letting kids in for free is a no-brainer. Yeah, it is. It is, rather than, hey, five quid. <laughs> You'll make more than five quid on the beer stand with dad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I look what's um, going on at local football, and, and that's what the, the things they do, and people turn up. So, yeah, yeah, it's 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 the future. It really is the kid, the kids of the future. Who would have thought it? But um, <laughs> it, it is. You can it, write a song about that. <laughs> yeah, get 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 them through the door and, and get them enjoying it. I I know I can still remember my first days watching county championship cricket at Trent Bridge. I can remember getting Mark Nicholas's autograph when he was captain of I want to say it was Hampshire. And I remember seeing Daryl Cullion play for Derbyshire, hit his six over the Radcliffe Road. Um, and then I played some cricket out the back with a bunch of lads I'd never met before. But I loved it. It was all day. It was just cricket. It was um, it was fantastic. So, thank you, Darren, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast with us. I really, really appreciate it, guys. If you can, go over and support them. Um, links are below. We'll catch you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>